Hi folks, Jason Crane here reminding you about the 100 by 300 campaign. The idea is to get 100 members by the 300th show. Membership is easy. You can do it in one lump sum each year or month to month for as little as 10 bucks a month or $110 a year. If you choose one of the higher levels, particularly the $500 a year or $50 a month level, you'll be mentioned on every single show. You'll be an official sponsor of the Jazz Session. The 100 by 300 campaign, visit thejazzsession.com slash join to become a member today. Once again, that's thejazzsession.com slash join. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of the show is available for free at thejazzsession.com, but that will only continue to be the case if you become a member. I have just over two dozen members so far in the 100 by 300 campaign, and that is a campaign to get 100 members by the 300th show. There are fewer than 50 shows left, and I need about 75 members. So you need to step up and uh, make this thing happen. The show just hit a million downloads, which is very exciting. I'm here in New York doing all these shows in person, which is very exciting. But in order to keep all that excitement building into the future, I really need your help. Thousands and thousands of you listen to this show each and every single week. Many of you have written me a gazillion times over the years and comment on all the shows, comment on the Facebook posts, comment on the Twitter feed, uh, tell me how much you like the interviews, and all that is wonderful, and I absolutely appreciate it. But in order to uh, to keep that stuff that you're enjoying coming, it, it is time to step up and put your money where your mouth is. So uh, please do become a member. You can do it for as little as 10 bucks a month or $110 a year at thejazzsession.com slash join. Just under 10 years ago now, at I think the first edition of the Rochester International Jazz Festival, although it may have been the second or third, I met drummer Mark Miralta. I saw him play, and then there was a jam session each night of the festival, and I had a little chance to hang out with him and chat after his gig. And I was really impressed with him, both as a musician and just as a person, a very generous, warm, inviting guy. Mark is on Alexis Quadrado's Nonetto Iberico CD, and when I found out that he was going to be in town in the U.S. to play on the CD release party for that album, I asked Alexis if he would help me line up an interview with Mark, which he did. And so I trucked back out to Alexis's house and sat down with Mark for a very charming and interesting interview. Mark released a CD not too long ago called Dreams, And here is the title track.
My guest is Mark Miralta. He is uh, in the States to play with Alexis Cuadrado and some gigs of his own. And uh, it's a real pleasure to talk to you, Mark. Thanks for being on the show. Well, the pleasure is mine. Let me say that. <laughs> now, uh, just before we started recording, we were talking about your, I think you've got a, a show just about every day. It seems like that you're, uh, <laughs> that you're here in the States. Can you talk a little bit about your, uh, your schedule this week, why you came and, and who you're playing? Well, um, I came this last Friday and uh, mainly to play with Alexis Cuadrado, Noneto Iberico. Uh, and uh, yesterday we did a radio show at WBGO in Jersey. We, we played live there, we played three tunes. So Saturday we rehearsed a little bit and then we played that. And um, on Sunday I played at a little gig at the Grassroots Tavern in, um, on the east side um, with um, Adam Corker and Jeremy Stratton. And uh, that's it. I'm actually in a, at three. I have a session here <laughs> with the, with this guy Gilad Axkerman or uh, Axelman, guitar player. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and so tomorrow we have a rehearsal with Alexis on Thursday again, and then Friday and Saturday we play at the Jazz Standard. Sunday I play again at the Grassroots Tavern with also Jerome Savage. And um, then Monday I'm off, and Tuesday I go back to Spain. <laughs> and actually, I get to Spain on two, on I fly Tuesday, get there on Wednesday, and Thursday we play at the Terrassa Jazz Festival with Perico Sambeat Flamenco Big Band, wow, which is a great, great, great project. Uh, and then the day after. We fly with Perico Sambeat and Javier Colina. We fly to Sofia, Bulgaria. <laughs> so and then and then I'm cool. Then I'm good. I'm good for a week or so. Or so. Yeah. Then uh, actually, I I have another gig with. I also play vibes, mm -hmm. vibraphone. So lately, I've been kind of picking that up, and and I have a a couple of projects with with vibraphone. One of them is with original music, my my tunes. And another one is a tribute to Chet Baker. Oh, wow. So we play basically all the tunes of that incredible record, uh, Chet Baker Sings, It Could Happen to You. So it's like I transcribed all the tunes and we play that repertoire. And so I have a gig on April 10th, like around Barcelona. Wow, that's great. So we have to get together and rehearse that a little bit. And so. Do you enjoy keeping yourself involved in so many different kinds of projects? I definitely do. I, I mean, that keeps me inspired, you know, it's like, I think, I think, you know, all jazz musicians, we all like that. And we, we, it's, it's good because you, from each project you, and from each musician that you play with, you get inspiration, you know, and like, if you only play with one band with one, like, sort of four musicians, I mean, it's good too, for a while, but after a while, I think it's good, a change. I mean, I, I like it, you know. I like, I like to, to play with, uh, with different bands, especially if they're, when they're good, which is luckily what's been <laughs> happening. So, so uh, yeah, I'm really happy. I'm really happy.
But as much as you involve yourself with different projects, it's, it still seems to me to be the case that you've associated yourself with some musicians for years and years. I mean, like Perico Sambayat is a yeah. great example, a guy yeah. you've been playing with for who knows how long now. It's <laughs> a long time. Yeah. Uh, so there's definitely some people with whom it seems like you've built really strong musical relationships. Yeah, I mean, that's that's for sure. I think that's 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 natural. You know? It's like we, you play and there's some people that you... you your um, your musical whatever uh, the things that you like and the, uh, and your your the way you play they it seems to to work better you know with some people than others you know it's like almost like a almost like personal relationships you know you you become friends with whoever you have more things in common or something like that so it's like i say musical friends you know it's like uh so definitely Perico, I've been playing, I've known him since the 80s. So it's like a while ago now. <laughs> and um, When you were five years old. Exactly, exa yes. exact, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you, Jason. You two were child prodigies in Spain. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Forgot that, that little <laughs> detail. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So it, it is true that I mainly play with uh, kind of the, uh, like a, a, a same people you know and and every now and then like different things come out and and i play with some different people which I, I i like too but yeah i sort of have like the spanish people and then the new york people from new york boston people from from all the years that i lived here like the home trio aaron goldberg and omera vital and uh, uh like seamus blake and christique and all these guys that that I play, I mean, Seamus is in my record. We did some other records with Chris Cheek, some Sp Spanish project, and then Perico, Javier. So, yeah, you're right. If we can use another personal relationship term, is it like love at first sight when you're on stage or in a studio with a musician? Can you tell right away this is someone with whom I have something in common musically? Or does it take time to develop like many relationships do? I mean, it... It's both, you know, it's definitely both because some people you just, it clicks and you're like, wow. Like, for example, with the, with the Ohm trio, with Aaron and Omer, it was like that. We played one gig, I think, back in 96 or something like that. And and we, the three of us were like, wow, what, what happened? You know, like we had never played as the three of us again, I mean, before. And then the thing just went like crazy, like to places that you're like, wow, what what happened, you know? So it was it was magic on that on that way, and some other guys too. And um, but also, if you keep playing with that people, like that, there's like it gets musically the connection, it gets stronger, and you get to know each other better, and you can definitely build go go to another level you know so it's like if both things work it's great you know so
your uh, your CD Dreams has uh, I'm doing this from memory, but Seamus Blake, Ed Simon, Omar Vital, right? Exactly. And you, uh, can you talk a little bit about that project and that band? Yeah, that that project is like um, it was kind of the culmination of of my it was uh, uh, my dream. You know, that's why I, I I mean it's kind of I don't know maybe may a little corny that title you know dream, <laughs> but it is you know it was like the a dream for me to to have my band just with my name and with my compositions you know because the New York Flamenco reunion it was also my band and my arrangements but but the tunes were not mine so my next thing was like wow okay that's that's incredible great project but now I want to do something writing all the tunes and 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 that's hard because because I'm a drummer you know and so so it's hard. I mean, if you're not a drummer, it's also hard to write tunes. But, <laughs> but being a drummer, even more. That's why I play vibes because I want to make that that composition and that musical thing like open up and, and sure. make it bigger. You know. So, so it was for me. It was like a dream. And then those those guys that you just mentioned were like. I thought, okay, if I wanted to do a band playing with my music. Who would I want to call? Like, who would be the guys that that, that I would think that they would uh, sound more or play my music the way I like it? And those were the guys, you know. The, those are among many others, but they're they're some of my favorite musicians, really. Like, and that that, that for my music, they're like perfect and did a great job, you know. Seamus, who I lived in Brooklyn with. At Simon, I met him playing with Paquito de Rivera back in the 90s too, and Omer, who I played many, many, many times with Home Trio. So, so that's the, the thing, you know. And I, um, it was great, you know. I wrote all the tunes, we played, they played great. We had a lot of fun, and and I just named it named it uh, Dreams. And so I'm 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 happy with that record, really. When you're uh, in the studio leading a session, what do you see as your role? 
in the studio. By the time you're actually there making the recording, what's your what's your job in addition to playing, obviously? Well, that's a hard thing to do. That's a hard thing to do. I mean, I think w it, it's it's hard because you need a balance. So you wanna, in a way, I ju I just wanna make things easier for the musicians, so they 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 have. Because you know some some of the tunes. I mean, or playing original tunes is always difficult. It's com it's it's complex. You know, it's not like playing a standard that everybody has heard many versions, and then you know what what to do or 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 how to play them one way or another. You know, more traditional, more like this, more like that. But original music is like you just have to make something out of you know music so so it's a balance between making it easier for the musicians to understand what you want and also not saying too much because you you want them to to create whatever they feel you know sometimes I, I always say to the musicians if you have any idea that you think it's gonna make music sound better than what it is, do it, you know, go ahead, do your thing, you know, don't, I'm gonna maybe tell you something, explain you something, tell, tell you like how I would do it or how I thought to do it or, but if, if it just something comes like, like this and, 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 and it's a better idea than what you have, just do it, you know, if you can make my music better, thank you, you know, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, these guys were were great. I mean, some just a couple of tunes were kind of hard, and and you never have as much rehearsal as you as you want. So, but but I mean, it, it was great. It was great. It sounds like uh, you're in a place as a musician where you don't feel incredibly protective about your music, where you're you're proud of it, but you don't feel like it has to be exactly this way that it's on the piece of paper and no other way. I mean, doing that, you're just making your music limited, I think. You're, you're just limiting your music to to who you are and maybe maybe that's a limitation you know maybe yeah. some like you i mean that's the same like like in life you know if you're just trying to control life and music you're just sort of limiting yourself to newer experience experiences and maybe better experiences so you know as the 
definitely you you go through a process you know you first more more uptight maybe oh it has to be like this it has to be like that or ah oh, i thought about but then you know you 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 learn that that the best thing is just to sort of especially if you play with great musicians as i said before the best thing is just to just if you can just not say anything sometimes it could be it could surprise yourself your own tunes can surprise yourself and and like you're like wow i never thought about that but it's pretty good you know there's many ways to 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 play good music there's not only like a good way or a bad way you know it's like many good ways so you know it's it's good yeah when I uh, interviewed Alexis about uh, his uh, Doneto Iberico record, he said that he brought in uh, Perico and you because he felt like he needed some people who had authentic flamenco language, who spoke the authentic language. And he said he didn't feel like he was one of those people and the other musicians on the record were not those people either. Um, and that's certainly one of the things that, that you're known for is finding this harmony uh, between those two styles, which on the face of it seem like very, very different kinds of music. Can you talk about how you've arrived at that place as a musician? Did you grow up hearing one style and then become interested in the other? Did you grow up in both? Well, um, I, I'm, I'm a jazz musician. I mean, believe it or not, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm born in Barcelona and grown up in Barcelona. I came to New York, actually, when I was 23. I stayed here until I was 30. But I'm... But I'm I'm a jazz musician, you know. I I loved jazz since I'm like 12 years old. My dad had some old jazz records like Charlie Christian, Louis Armstrong, Benny Goodman, uh, Teddy Buckner, like like old old style jazz, and that's what I liked. I didn't even like more modern things like that. So I, at 12 years old, that's what I was playing. I was playing Dixieland with 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 a band there. And I, I never played rock, never. Like I, I'm a total ignorant about <laughs> rock, you know, which is good or bad. I don't know, but that's what it is. So, and then, uh, and then flamenco. You hear, uh, like in Spain, you hear flamenco. It's it's around, you know. But I, I was not listening to flamenco back then. It was only, I mean, as I, uh, you know, as I, in the liner notes of the New York Flamenco Reunion record. It was only until I came to New York in the 90s that, that I don't know why. I mean, actually, the, I was always, it was curious for me, the flamenco, because it's, I really like the rhythms and the, and the, the passion, you know, the, and the, it was deep, you know, it was kind of a mystery for me. It was like, wow, it's, that music is heavy, you know. And then I came, I, uh, I, I started having some, some tapes back then, you know, and some CDs. And I started listening to it. And I really got into it here in New York, but a lot. Like I was listening to flamenco every day. And then, and then I started checking it out. And then I started to, when I, when I used to go, I used to go kind of to Spain often. So I would I would hang out with some guys, some flamenco guys, and ask him, "How do you do this? How do you do that? Where's this? How's the buleria goes? How's the alegria? What's the seguirilla? How is the clapping?" What? Blah, blah, blah. So and and that's it. Then I got I got into it. I listened to it a lot, and I started that uh, flamenco reunion project. You know, I 
at one point they were doing um a series in uh in what's that club um downstairs smalls no no that every that, club is downstairs That'd i know hard to guess <laughs> ah, stupid how can i remember whatever they did a series of um sort of jazz mixed with latin okay whatever whatever like jazz cuban and then argentinian and jazz and that. and and then oh actually no i i think it, cornelia street cafe i gotcha. think i think it's cornelia street i don't remember now if it's cornelia maybe cornelia yeah cornelia street cafe exactly so they asked me to if i could do a project with flamenco and jazz but I had never do, do it before, so I was like, no, no, no. And then, and then they said, come on, man, do, do something. And then I said, okay, I'll do it. And then I, and then I did all the arrangements from the, um, the, the, the CD. I did all the arrangements, and then we played there. I think we played with Jason Lindner, Avi Libo, and I think Abishai Cohen, the bass player, I think. I think that that was the first ban. You know, and then I started, and then you know, kept going with that, listening, and then every time I would go to Spain, we would play more, and then, and then, uh, whatever. I think I moved back to Spain, and then I started playing with Chano Dominguez. Then I also met Gerardo Núñez. Then Perico also parallel, like uh, without talking to each other but he also got into flamenco and then he he also played we played a, a quartet with his tunes with flamenco grooves so then it kind of just all went that way
As a jazz musician, was it easy for you to get accepted into the flamenco community? Well, that's um, that's a good question. And uh, the, the flamenco community is kind of closed a little bit, you know. It's like, a, and there's also the gypsies and all that. So it's some guys. It's like don't accept it at all because they, I mean, it's like this is not flamenco. What, you, what I do, the instrument is not so. And then some other guys, like you know, like Gerardo Nunez, and they're more open. So they, you sort of do things with them, but um, it's, it's, they have their own kind of, you know, scene. And but, but yeah, I mean, they all know that I do what I do, and every now and then. Some people, some guys, and also because of Chano and and that they they're more like piano players playing flamenco jazz, and some guys opened up that 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 thing that flamenco jazz mixture. So whenever a guy, there's some other some guys that do their projects, they're more flamenco jazz, even guitar flamenco guitarists. So then, yeah, I you know they call you for that, you know, but for not for the typical typical flamenco sure thing. When you um... When you're playing this kind of hybrid mixture of flamenco and jazz, are you? How important is it to you to be, I guess, true to the the rhythmic or song form elements of the flamenco music that from which you're taking your inspiration? Well, I mean, the, you have to know the the more you know the tradition. It's, it's it's like in the end, it's like it's the same like jazz. Sure, you know all 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 folkloric music which jazz is the more you know the tradition the better you're gonna be and even the more you can take it out sort of and not play it because you it's already in you flamenco is exactly the same you know you you, you have to go through every step and and like uh and and then the more you know and the more secure and the more you've played and the more you've played with with people the, like it's important to play with dancers flamenco dancers why is that because that's the the rhythmic part they have it it's like so they they it comes from them you know like like uh in in flamenco when this when is a, is a, a singer a guitar player, a dancer, and the clap, the, the guys that clap, and then maybe cajon. Cajon is just from the 70s, so it's not really a flamenco instrument. Okay. It's just added later, you know, by Paco de Lucia. So it could go without that. But all the flamenco bands have it now, kind of, you know, because it's hip. But, <laughs> <laughs> but so whenever someone is dancing, everybody follows the dancer. Then if he's not dancing, then the singer is singing, then everybody f- follows the singer. Hmm. Then when the, then, then is the guitarist, then when he's playing his part, then the, everybody follows him and, and that's it. So that's the, the hierarchy kind of thing, you know. And, uh, and all the vocabulary, be careful. You know? oh, thank you. All the vocabulary of the dancing is very rich and, and very inspiring and very good to know for the the drums so it's very good to get you get a lot of inspiration from that mm-hmm. 
do you find yourself now, after all these years of having immersed yourselves in both musics, do you find that you're a, a different drummer than you were when you started out before you had experienced flamenco as deeply? Well, yeah, that's for sure. I mean, yeah. I'm, it's probably everything, you know, not, not only the flamenco. Sure. You know, it's probably life, experience, and everything. But But definitely, I definitely got... A lot from flamenco, like uh, it, yeah. It, it probably, it probably sort of helped build my own style in a way. Probably, you know, because uh, I mean, I felt that that rhythmical attraction to flamenco was like it is deep. You know, I love that so much that uh, that it probably brought out a, a part of me. It helped me, like, okay, this is a part of me, and and. So so yeah, I'm I'm definitely a different drummer, of course. But but also because I know some also some Latin Cuban Cuban music and some Brazilian music too. When I was here in New York, I used to play with Brazilian guys and uh, with some Cuban with Paquito de Rivera and and Ed Simon and all that. So everything adds up, you know. Everything, sure. Definitely. But definitely the flamenco, it's a uh, it's a big part now. Yeah. Was there a moment for you where playing the drums changed from something you just enjoyed doing into what you thought you could do for your living for the rest of your life? Well, I always enjoyed it very much. I always have been having a lot of fun playing drums and I always lived off playing drums. So my first tour, I was 16 years old. Wow. So in in Mallorca in the in uh, Balearic Islands in Spain, I stayed there for two months and I was playing jazz every night in a club. And then after that, you know, in I remember my 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 dad used to drive me to the gigs with the drums because I I didn't have the driver's right. license. <laughs> so so I, I I get I've been living off uh, playing drums all my life and I've been enjoying it all my life and. And I think I'm as happy as if I was the first day playing drums. For I, I just love it so much and and have a lot of fun. It's like I, th I don't think maybe I'm hoping that many things have changed, but not this one. <laughs> <laughs> this one, I think it's been this now that I never put it in words like that, no. But uh, but I, I definitely one of the things that I, yeah, I, I love it. I have so much every time I play. I grabbed the sticks. I'm happy. I'm a happy man. How did you get that first gig at 16 when you were in Mallorca? Um, that was that was like a an interesting band. This this guy Errol Boiski is like a, from the um, uh, Dutch Guyana uh, from uh, Suriname. Okay, but he he's he is he lived in Mallorca and. Um, but he was teaching at the Taller de Musics in Barcelona, and I was, oh, I know, I was at another school, but no, he wasn't teaching there. Anyway, he wasn't in the scene in, in Barcelona. So he, I don't know, he set up a band that was him. He must have been like 30 years old or something like that, like a, a mulatto, huge guy, like singing and playing guitar, really good. And then... Two women, one bass player, I think she was like 
18 or uh, 18 or 19 a, a woman piano player she was 20 and i was 16 playing <laughs> drums and the band was called integration <laughs> so we and we were playing original music from errol and that was amazing i think on on that month that two those two months in mallorca i think i i had all the experiences that i like all my musical life it was there i learned everything in, on those months <laughs> like right everything you know <laughs> everything you know that you can imagine like a hotel and then whatever the hotel all the all the things that can happen to a musician you know <laughs> and then we get uh, get a gig and then uh, the in a disco and then the guy doesn't show up and blah blah all this all the stories that you can imagine you know condensed it down into Conde two months right? like <laughs> then and that's it like nothing 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 else happened like that that I that I had not experienced back then so it was it was interesting it was great for me and your family was okay with you just going off to Mallorca for two months and yeah, being I mean, a musician they, yeah they they um they were kind of like oh <laughs> but but uh, no my family is great because they are artists mm. my actually my parents are puppeteers oh wow so they do puppets now they're about to retire but like marionette kind of puppets or not marionette like kind of their own original puppets they okay. built all the puppets and the and the you know the scenography and the everything they're, wow. they're kind of amazing they're called mardush titellas they're like unbelievable you know so so they've been doing that for like over 30 years now so so they 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 understood they they knew what was going on and actually with this band we went to rehearse before the tour in Mallorca we went they they came home to rehearse so my parents met Errol so they were hanging out so they were like okay uh, they saw that he was fine and that he would take care of us and uh, so it was okay it was okay yes yeah, so it was actually easy for you because you just had to tell your parents you were going to be a drummer they had to tell their parents they were going to be puppeteers right? yeah so exactly that's they, a much they, harder they, conversation they, yeah exactly <laughs> you're yeah. right everybody you're listens right. to music but there aren't that many puppeteers, <laughs> puppeteers. <laughs> that's tough <laughs> mom dad this is what I'm going to do yeah yeah wow that, and, that's really amazing and actually my brother is a saxophone player and my sister is a kind of circus isn't to like they also have a show like acting circus and my younger sister is the only one that's just like a school teacher so we call her the, <laughs> the, the weird sheep. one right we, the weird we, one, we, right, yeah. we, oh, you're the weird one you know it's like all the other way like all the families are the musician is the weird one no she is the weird that's one. right did you ever play music uh with your parents in any of I their did. shows i yeah. did like i was like you know eight or nine years old or ten and i was like you know and noises here and there and uh also i i played in a in a circus also because they they had friends and i played with um you know as comedians which is like a company that like theater company very uh, well known there actually all, all over the world they they do, they still do stuff so so yeah i was surrounded by artists kind of thing so i i played i used to do like um how do you call it um on the street parades you sure. know street parades with my snare drum you know so yeah i i i mean um, all my life it's been like that so so yeah so a life in the arts was 
a totally normal it was, thing for you. It yeah. was. It was like all was actors and musicians around around the house. So for me, it was nothing new. It would it would have been weird to be an architect or a, right. a, or a doctor or something. Right, right. You know. So what happened to your one sister who became a school teacher? Did she say, "I need a normal"? I don't know. She's the youngest. Or, uh... She's the youngest. She's like six year six years younger than me. I don't know. If we, uh, we should ask her. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> you mentioned uh, some of the projects uh, uh, that are coming up for you. Are there uh, more recording projects in your future in addition to the live performances? Well, we we just did a record. Actually, we have a band with uh, with Perico Sambeat and and two guys from Hungary. It's a really interesting project. Um, the piano player is Kalman Ola. Very good piano player and the uh, bass player is Matthias Sandai. We have. Um, Do they are these guys from Hungary who live in Spain? No, they live, they, Hungary, they live in Hungary in Budapest. Okay. So we met. Actually, we met. I met Kalman through Tim Rees. Oh, okay. Through Tim Rees, who I also played every now and then. And um, we we just we we wanted to you know to to because the the scene in in spain it is kind of limited in 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 a way of 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 quantity you know so uh, there's 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 a lot of musicians but after a while you kind of play with the same people so we wanted to open it up a little bit in europe and and uh and so we 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 did this project and it's all uh, uh there's a cd coming out in uh i don't know the the record label it's Oh yeah, BMC, uh, Budapest Music Centrum. Okay. In in Budapest, I think the the record's gonna is gonna be under our name, Ola uh, Ola Sandai Sambeat Miralta. It's all original tunes. We each one put like two tunes or something like that, and we recorded last this last September, and it should be coming out like pretty soon. And it it. It's good. It's a good. Kalman. It's it's an incredible composer. Perico is an amazing composer. Yeah. And and Matti is also good. It's a good composer. And I do my little <laughs> contribution. <laughs> and I'm happy about that project. That's a CD that's coming out. That's great. My guest is Mark Miralta, and uh, I really dig your music, man. And it's been so much fun to talk to you. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody.
That's music from Mark Meralta's quartet and the CD Dreams. And once again, my thanks to bassist Alexis Quadrado for helping to set that interview up. This is The Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of the show is available for free at thejazzsession.com. You'll also find it in iTunes or using an RSS reader. And all those links are at thejazzsession.com, along with links to become a member. And I urge you to do that. My thanks to the members of the Respect Sextet. They provided the theme music for this show, and they and all their albums are at respectsextet.com. Well, technically, the albums are there. I don't think the members of the Respect Sextet have been somehow digitized and trapped at respectsextet.com. They're probably just in their homes. But if you go to respectsextet.com, you can possibly prove me wrong if you see them screaming out at you from your computer monitor. And let me know, because, you know, it would be cool to try to save them if something's happened. My thanks also to Dave Rabel, who designed the show's logo and who tweets very amusingly at twitter.com slash Dave Rabel, V-R-A-B-E-L. And thanks to you for listening and for becoming a member, hint, hint. Now get out there and support live jazz whenever and wherever you can, and come back next time for another conversation about jazz on The Jazz Session. Thank you for listening. Bye.